I'm Warren Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. Here at Ministry Watch, we bring you news about Christian ministries, as well as the latest in charity and philanthropy, news that we examine from a Christian worldview perspective. Our goal is to help us become better stewards of the resources God has entrusted to us. These midweek extra episodes are a chance for us to go deep with a particular topic. And today I'm pleased to have back on the program Ron Sellers, the president of Gray Matter Research and Consulting. Ron and I discuss a new study his organization has done in conjunction with Infinity Concepts. The study was published just last week, and it's called The Congregational Scorecard, What Evangelicals Want in a Church. Before we jump into that interview, I want to note that we have a way for you to get a copy of that 34-page report yourself. Uh, Just go to the show notes section on the ministrywatch.com website, and you'll find a link to Gray Matter Research's articles and studies page where you can download a copy of that study for yourself. Well, Ron, welcome back to the program. It's um, great to be on with you again to talk about another really interesting survey that you guys have done. And, um, you know, the survey is, um, I think in some ways it's it's counterintuitive because there are a lot, there's a lot of complaining going on about the evangelical church right now uh, in the world. And, and I've done some of it myself, so, so I can't uh, blame others. But what your survey seems to suggest is that there's there's a high level of satisfaction among churchgoers with their church. Is that the headline in this in this study? Yeah, it really is. Um, now, I, I don't want to portray it as showing that churches are perfect and nobody needs to change and everything is all rosy, etc. Uh, because there are definitely some areas where the typical churchgoer would, would like to see some changes go on. But we spend sometimes so much time looking at what's going wrong, that it's very easy to forget what's going right. And, and being a pastor is not an easy task. It, yeah. it, it, for so many different reasons, it is very challenging. So to have a constant litany of complaints all the time and feel like I can't satisfy anybody just adds to that burden. And, and it's really time that we start acknowledging how many things are going right in churches in addition to saying, here are some areas that need to change. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the the big insight uh, uh, for this study is evangelicals are generally happy with their church. An average of 74% of evangelical Protestants do not want their church to change in any of the 14 areas that you guys surveyed. That seems to me like a lot. That seems to be, you know, like you say, general satisfaction with the way things are going. Well, and it may be a technicality, but let me kind of pull back on that last statement. And one thing, it's not that 74% don't want their church to change in any of those areas. It's that in each one, 74% say they would, on average, 74% say they would like for their church not to change. Because if if we look overall, uh, 80% do want at least one change in their church of the 14 areas that that we asked them about. 
Yeah, I do want to dig into a couple of the individual changes, and we'll do that in just a second, Ron. But I also want to kind of ask a little bit of a devil's advocate question on this study. Uh, and that is, to what extent do you think that there might be some self-selection going on here? And by, and by that, I mean, um, if I wasn't really happy with my church, I'd just leave the church. I just wouldn't go to that church anymore, and I'd find another church that either— made me happier that I was more satisfied with, or stop going to church at all, which of course would put you outside of the survey parameters altogether. So um, to what extent is that an issue or a factor in this study? Oh, I, I don't have any actual numbers to uh, to share related to those, but there have been other studies that have shown uh, there's a lot of what we call circulation of the saints. So there are a lot of people who leave one church and go to another church. And sometimes it's even because the music was too loud at the last church or the pastor was so soft-spoken that I had trouble hearing him and, and I couldn't grasp everything. So even, even little things like that will cause some people to leave a church as well as bigger things. But I think the, the, the main point is even if they have left or, or have shopped around and found someplace else, they have ended up at a place where they are by and large satisfied. So while that may not speak to things being perfect in every single church out there, it does say that in the, in the grand pantheon of what's available to the typical evangelical, most evangelicals have found a place that, that by and large does satisfy what they're looking for. Yeah. You know, Ron, I've been covering the church and Christian ministries and religion generally you know, off and on in different jobs that I've had, probably for 40 years. And uh, ever since I've been covering the church, there's been this, you know, um, uh, worship wars thing going on. Uh, you know, t contemporary versus um, traditional, I guess, is the way it is often uh, stated. Uh, you actually asked a question about that, and I and I and I haven't. Uh, I don't remember now if that's the area where there was the greatest division or the greatest dissatisfaction, but um, it's probably a little bit higher than average for sure. Thirty-two percent of evangelical churchgoers would like to see a different style of music, so nearly a full third. But some of them say they want more traditional. Some of them say they want more contemporary. So it's. Uh, it's kind of um, evenly split, I guess you could say, um, on why they're dissatisfied. Well, and uh, you got the numbers exactly right, uh, which to some extent shows no matter what you do, you're not going to please everybody, right? Um, but it, for the people who are, who are answering the questions about their church, apparently the desire for something a little more traditional, something a little more contemporary has not uh, been substantial enough that it has caused them to leave and, and go elsewhere. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit when you like when you buy a new car, you're never going to find a car that everything is exactly what you want. You know, you may find that this fantastic car you really like, but it doesn't offer a sunroof. Well, you've got to decide, am I willing to not have a sunroof in order to get this great power, great gas mileage, incredibly comfortable, great warranty and everything else? What are the things that are important to you and what are the things that are somewhat less important? And so, yeah, we do have um, a third of people who say, I would like the music to be a little bit different. Um, but they are divided as to whether they'd like it more contemporary or more traditional. 
Uh, we also have 20% who simply say, I would like to have more music in my church. I just wish we had more of it. Uh, so, you know, and this is going to be, this is, this is not to say also that all these numbers we're giving apply to every single church out there. I'm sure that there are individual churches where 70, 80% of the, the congregation would like more contemporary music, but the music director is a traditionalist and he or she says, this is what it's going to be, right? So these are all on average what's what's happening out there in, in the world of evangelical. Yeah, one of the questions on the survey or the results, I guess you could say, of the questions that I found the most interesting, Ron, especially in this environment today, and I'm wondering if you found it interesting and what you might think about it is that um, 68% are fine with the amount of political involvement and or messages in their church. 11% would like more. 22% would prefer less. I think this whole question of you know politics and religion, uh, conflating the two, integrating the two, has been such a hot topic. The fact that um, uh, 68% are fine with the current level. Do you consider that to be high or low? Well, I think the one thing that both gray matter research and infinity concepts found challenging about this is that this was a survey of the people in the pews. So we, we don't know from the pastor's perspective just what their church's involvement in politics is. So this is going to include a whole lot of churches that stay away from politics, that have no preaching about politics, that don't invite candidates in to speak or say anything about you really need to get out there and and uh, vote for or against Proposition 19 or whatever it is. Yeah. So it's it's hard to know the context of this one a little bit because we, we really don't know how many people are satisfied with the fact that their church doesn't do anything at all in politics and stays completely away from it. Uh, but what it does say, we, we know, again, other studies that are out there that have repeatedly shown that, that politics and political perspectives and political involvement is one of the things that does cause people to fall away from the church and or does cause people to move to another church where they're a little more conservative or they're a little more liberal in general or on this one big watershed issue for you. Um, now, that doesn't mean, again, that the people who have left churches because of this left because the church had any involvement at all in politics. It could be that the level of involvement or what was being said uh, was that they differed from those particular messages. It's not necessarily just the existence of political messaging or political speech within churches. But but it's still important to realize that from a two-to-one margin, the people who would like a change want fewer politics and not more politics. Right. Well, that is an interesting point. In other, in other words, it's not clear whether uh, I'm unhappy because my pastor is talking about politics or I'm unhappy because he's saying something that I disagree with about politics. You know, it might, it might be that I'm okay with him talking about politics. I just want him to agree with me. And if a pastor is, you know, trying to be prophetic in any way or trying to be biblical, and maybe maybe it's my view that's not biblical and he's being biblical, and that wouldn't necessarily mean the pastor was wrong. It would just could mean that I was wrong. 
Well, and the one thing that I will say, if it, it very well could be uh, that people feel differently about whatever politics are being brought out, and it doesn't necessarily have to be the pastor, it could be the Sunday school teachers or you know other folks like that within the church. Yeah. Uh, but if somebody truly said, well, I don't like the fact that my pastor is talking about politics at all, then they would have answered this question. I would like there to be less political involvement, less polit- fewer political messages in the yeah, church. Yeah. Yep. There's a question here, Ron, that I uh, that I found fascinating, and I'm just wondering if you um, what you think about it. Seventy-seven uh, percent are fine. Three fourths, more than three fourths, are fine with the number of women in church leadership, including seventy-eight percent of the women themselves. Now, I don't know. Um, I looked at that number a couple of times, and I read some of the detail in the study, and I was like, well, that means a quarter, close to a quarter, are not happy uh, with the number of uh, women in leadership. And is that, but but then again, I keep coming back to that, a full three quarters are satisfied. I think women in leadership in um in church has been such a hot button issue in recent years that I think I was a little bit surprised that that number, I don't know whether I expected it to be higher or lower, but I was surprised at that number. What were you, what did that number surprise you? Well, what did surprise me is we really don't see any differences between men and women. And this is something that uh, if I think about some of my own relationships, if I think about folks that I've read about in the news and been quoted on this topic and such. My expectation going into this, when we when we partnered with Infinity Concepts to do this research, was that we would find that men are by and large satisfied and that there's at least a, a, a decent sized minority of women who want more. But 78% of women said, I'm, I'm actually fine with how many women my, my church has in leadership. And of the ones who are not fine, 8% actually want fewer women in leadership, which to me doesn't necessarily mean, well, we've got eight and I think it should be six. I'm going to interpret that more as I don't feel women should be in leadership in my mm. church. Right. So we only had 14% of women who said in my church, I would like to see more women in leadership. Now, again, to one of your earlier points, this may be a case of if somebody feels if, feels strongly that women should be part of church leadership, that they have sought out a church where that is in evidence, right? Where there are women in leadership rather than just men. And if somebody doesn't feel strongly about it one way or the other, or is, is feel strongly that there should only be men in leadership, then they have, are comfortable going to church where that that exists. So to some extent, this this may also be a um, a reflection of people finding what suits them and finding what fits them. The, the same way as if you are Pentecostal, you're probably not going to be happy in a Lutheran church, and if you're not Pentecostal, you may not be comfortable in a Foursquare church. Right, right. Uh, you know, another um, number that I wanted you to talk about a little bit was about the racial and ethnic diversity in the church. Uh, very similar numbers to the ones uh, about women in leadership. About 74% of the evangelicals are satisfied with the level of racial and ethnic diversity in their church. 23% said that they would like to see more diversity. Um 
you know, we hear so much talk again in the evangelical world. And again, I've been covering this area for, you know, 30 years or more. And I've been hearing about racial reconciliation at least since the 1980s and early 90s. Um, so I'm, I'm having a little bit of trouble squaring a lot of talk that I hear about racial reconciliation and the need for greater diversity with these numbers. Um, are these... Are these numbers, I guess is what I'm trying to ask is, indicative of people who should be more sensitive to racial and ethnic diversity than they are or not? Well, I, I want to be very cautious about saying what the numbers should be, because I, just as an individual, have no right to say evangelicals need to be less focused on this issue or more focused on this issue or they're wrong about this issue. But I, I do think it's very interesting that no matter the racial group that we talk to, whether it's Black, Hispanic, non-Hispanic, Caucasian, or Asian American, the, the majority of all of them said, I'm fine with how it is. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, again, if, if it were a case of a certain group feeling like they're unwelcome in churches, they're not wanted there. Uh, then I would I would think that that group would be far less satisfied with the diversity that's going on, but that really is is not the case. Now we we do see more of a call for greater diversity among Black and Hispanic evangelicals, but even there, only 32% of Black evangelicals would like more diversity in their church, and 28% of Hispanic evangelicals, compared to 21% of White and and 20% of Asian evangelicals. So. I, I think it's also important to note that there's a difference between do you see a variety of people in your own church and do we need more racial reconciliation in Christendom in general? Those are, those are I mean, they are on the same topic, but they are pretty different in some ways. There, there's right. a big difference between I attend a church in a community that's largely white and my church is largely white. And I'm okay with that because, it, you know, there's really not like we're going to get any more African-Americans and Asian-Americans from this community versus I don't want to be around people of a different race than I am. And that, that's where the reconciliation issues come in, or I treat them differently, or I view them differently. Those, those, are, those are very different from saying, I really wish I had a more diverse congregation. Yeah. Well, Ron, let me step back from the data. Let me just stipulate for the record that it's a lot of really rich data here. And uh, for our listeners, I want you to know that we're, we're going to have a link to on, on the show notes for this podcast so that you can actually go and get your own copy of the of the study on Ron's website. But Ron, um, I'm going to let people sort of dig into the rest of the data on their own. And I just want to ask you kind of a couple of more big picture questions as we bring our conversation to a close. And that is, while I find this data fascinating uh, and interesting, I guess uh, kind of by temperament and vocation, I, I kind of geek out on these kinds of surveys. But aside from that, how now shall we live, I guess you could say, based on this data? How do you want people to look at this data, and how do you want them to use it? In what ways are you hoping that this will be helpful to church leaders, to pastors, and to others who might encounter this data? Well, both, both of the companies involved in this, Gray Matter Research, my company, and Infinity Concepts, our partners in this, have 
pretty extensive experience working with churches, with denominations, with parachurch ministries. And again, I, I think one of the things we both companies, uh, the leadership of both companies really want to see is some encouragement for pastors, for church leaders, for worship leaders, et cetera. Uh, I mean, we, we made a point in the report that if you do a, a Google search on boring church, I came up with 58 million hits, right? Uh, there are, and, and some of them are very funny. I mean, you think about uh, like Reverend Lovejoy and the Simpsons, or this, this, there's this great fans of British comedy. There's this great scene of, of Mr. Bean trying to stay awake at a church service. And, and that's the stereotype out there. It's some pastor droning on and on and on and then begging for money. And, you know, nobody likes to be stereotyped. And that's how a lot of pastors and a lot of churches are stereotyped. And the simple fact is, at least within the evangelical community, it, the stereotypes are, are, like many of the stereotypes, absolutely false. So pastors do need to take heart that the things are not as bleak as it sometimes seems with, you know, the, the comments that they get from their congregation or... Uh, the, what they hear from the experts uh, saying, you know, you need to have shorter sermons because young people won't stand for those long sermons, et cetera. Um, now, that being said, I also think it's really important that pastors and leaders of any type have to determine where are you led by crowd sentiment and crowd desires, and where do you need to take note of those desires and of what people want and say, that's fine, but that's not what people need, what people need, right? You don't have, for instance, you don't have a bunch of non-Christians out there saying, boy, I really desire to become a Christian. I really desire to, to trust Jesus. No, that's, a, that's not a felt need of theirs. But that's something that anybody working in evangelism is trying to bring to those folks, right? So it's the same thing with, with these stats. Because people, because 85% say that they're perfectly fine with the the, um, the the amount of time spent asking for funds in their church. Well, that does mean the pastors are not browbeating people and overemphasizing, but it may also mean they're not challenging their congregations enough. If we look at some of the other research we've done, the fact that very, very few evangelicals even come close to tithing, and many of them give nothing whatsoever to church or charity, et cetera, you have to ask the question, when 85% are satisfied with how often they're asked for money, maybe they're not being pushed. Maybe they're not being asked for money enough. And maybe they need to be pushed out of their comfort zone a little bit. So pastors need to look at this and, and not just say, this is what people want. I got to give it to them. But say, this is what people want. And if they want, if they want more contemporary music, fine, we can give it to them. I have no problem with that. But in this other area, what they want is not what they need. So let me understand what they want. And now let me try and figure out how to start changing hearts and changing minds and give them more of what they need than what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good word. Well, Ron, thank you so much for being back on the podcast and sort of unpacking this study. Um, uh, boring church is a myth, I guess, is the headline that I take away from this. And uh, pastors and other church leaders be encouraged. I know I certainly am and found um, the study super interesting. And once again, we'll have uh, a link to the study in the show notes so that our listeners can download it. So again, Ron, thanks so much for being on the program today. Appreciate it very much. I appreciate your time, Warren, as always. 
You've been listening in on my conversation with Ron Sellers, the president of Gray Matter Research, which has just published a new study called The Congregational Scorecard, What Evangelicals Want in a Church. Before we go, a quick reminder that this show exists because of the generosity of our readers and listeners. We take no money from the ministries we cover. There's no advertising on our website. We are completely listener and reader funded. If you'd like to make a donation to Ministry Watch, just go to ministrywatch.com and hit the donate tab at the top of the page. And if you make a donation before the end of the month, we'll send you a free copy of Wade Mullen's new book, Something's Not Right. It's a really fantastic book. I recommend it personally, and I'm delighted to offer this as our donor premium for the month of January. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosal and Ben Warwick. We get database and other technical support from Kathy Goddard, Stephen DeBerry, Emily Kern, and Casey Suttoth. I'm Warren Smith, and until next time, may God bless you.